In the year 2000, Liverpool finished the Premier League season a massive 24 points behind the champions Manchester United. And they missed out on Champions League qualification, edged out by a Leeds United side powered by the goals of Michael Bridges. Manchester City weren't even in the Premier League that season, but Sean Goater's 23 goals did see them promoted from the first division. It's fair to say a lot's changed since then. And when City face Liverpool at the Etihad this Sunday, it'll be a clash featuring the two best teams in England with two of the best coaches the sport has to offer. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Here to break down the biggest Premier League game of the season so far is a top team of tipsters, including Mark O'Hare, who's been in the Bet Cave all week watching the Champions League and other competitions as well. Mark, Manchester City and Liverpool both won the first legs of their Champions League quarterfinals and both are in superb form in general. Yeah, they are. Um, I think the Man City match probably went to, to form, really, and how we expected it to be. Uh, a massive, massive clash of styles against Atletico, and they eventually found a way. Um, although, you know, Atleti didn't give away too many clear-cut opportunities. City had to work hard for that win. Uh, Phil Foden's introduction off the bench was, was pretty key, really. I was surprised he wasn't on the field earlier or even starting that match, but uh, a massive uh, contribution when he did come off the bench and now they're in the driving seat going to Spain. Whereas Liverpool, I thought, could have had the game done and dusted by half-time in, in Lisbon against Benfica. Uh, maybe it was complacency or maybe Benfica rallying themselves at half-time, but they, they came out of the traps really well in the second half and put Liverpool under pressure, but uh, eventually tied and, and Liverpool make those changes and just look too strong, really, and grab the third goal. So, yeah, both arrive in great form and, and understandably this game is being talked up as a as a title decider. Um I still think that's probably a little bit premature. Um, obviously, just one point between them. Liverpool have worked so hard to close that gap from, from January time. It's a very exciting game to look forward to. Um, I'd expect both teams to take a proactive approach. They don't really know any any better. They don't know how to play defensive football, really. So, um, But I just sometimes think maybe we get a little bit... Uh, maybe these fixtures get a little bit overhyped and Maybe it's my own pragmatism playing here, but um, I just think there might be an awareness from both teams about the, the fear factor of losing this match because it could be pretty catastrophic for either team's title chances. So um, I wonder whether that might have some sort of bearing. And, and look, I'm not expecting this game to be a, a board draw and nil-nil, far from it really. Uh, but I just wonder whether either team will really sort of go the extra mile and, and risk everything for a positive result. Um, Liverpool still have to play Man United, Everton and Spurs. So, you know, any one of those three matches they could easily trip up on. Uh, they don't have the greatest record at the Etihad either. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, it'd be hard to sort of say these two teams will finish the season with seven wins from seven. But I don't think it's unlikely that one of them will drop points after this match. So I thought the draw was a live runner, uh, just shy of three to one. It's landed in four of the last eight meetings between the two. All four of Liverpool's games against the top four have ended draws this season as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
I just think City are slightly too short in this price, in this market actually to, to win the match because if these two teams were treated as equal um, and you factored in home advantage, City would be closer to two twenty five or two thirty. Um, they're not; they're, they're below two point one. And look, the data gives City the edge as, as a stronger suit. They are defending champions as well, um, but there's so little between these two teams. I think Liverpool are a stronger team that we've had in previous seasons after the signings. They've got a full, fully fit squad as well, uh, and what's a fascinating really is since 2018-19 Liverpool well, yeah, when they really sort of emerged as a as a title challenger the total points tallies these two teams have earned in the Premier League Liverpool 337 Premier League points Man City 338 Premier League points there's one point between them since 2018-19 so you know everything we can point towards well actually results are the be all and end all at the end of the day and there's one point between them over the last few seasons so for me they should be rated equal and therefore there's a slight value in, in sort of backing Liverpool plus half a goal but uh, for, for an interest I'm going to be back in the draw just because it's the bigger price and uh, I think both teams would be relatively pleased with it, our outcome anyway. The Data Doctor will see you now. Jake Oscarthorpe from InfoGoals with us to give you all the data you need ahead of the big one. And Jake, presumably that data tells you that these two sides are quite a long way ahead of the rest of the Premier League pack. Country miles, Kev. Literally country miles. Uh, the, the, the discrepancy between these two and the rest of the league is massive. Um, and just for sort of context as to how good these two teams are and have been really since Klopp and, and Guardiola took charge... Uh, we use expected goal difference per game as a kind of measure for supremacy. Um, and only nine times in the last eight seasons, so only nine teams across eight seasons, have finished a campaign with an expected goal difference of plus one or greater. All nine teams are Manchester City and Liverpool. So no one else has managed that apart from City and Liverpool. Um, and currently, this season's Liverpool are tied first with Manchester City of 18-19 with plus 1.7 expected goal difference per game uh, as a ratio for across the season so far. This season's Manchester City, plus 1.69. So there's 0.01 of an expected goal difference per game between them from an XG process standpoint. And that just kind of puts it into perspective how good these two teams are. And they seem to be getting better and better, really. You know, the way in which they're sort of trending in a positive direction, even after all the success and uh, and, and things that they've had. Um I'm like Mark, though, in this game. I, I really think it's getting a massive build of massive attention, as it should, because it has the potential to be a real season-defining game. Um, I've run the Sims for the match, and pre-game, InfoGoal gives Manchester City a 68% chance of winning the title, Liverpool 32%. If City win, uh, their chances of winning the title increase to 87%. So a real shift in... Uh, Man City's favour obviously because they've already got a one point advantage they win the head to head they go four points clear um, a draw would actually see Liverpool's percentage chance increase slightly to 34% and drop City to 66 uh, Liverpool win would pretty much flip the pre-game percentages in Liverpool's favour so it is this game is going to have a massive bearing on what happens obviously but like Mark said it's not over it doesn't, no one gets up to 99.9% even by winning this game um, but again, it wouldn't be surprising, would it, to see both teams win the remaining seven matches after this because they are at such a high level. Um, but yeah, like like, like Mark, I, I just thought the, the two teams are so evenly matched. As I've said, the expected goal difference per game is pretty much identical um, that the draw makes real appeal. Um, and it, even more so when you look at the, the figures for this season. So Manchester City boasts the best defensive process in the league at 0.73 expected goals against per game. 
Liverpool second best at 0.99 expected goals against per game. In terms of attack, Liverpool the best attacking team in the league at 2.69 expected goals for per game. City second best at 2.42. So there really isn't anything between them. And, um, you know, when it comes to these kind of big matches, and as I've said, the percentages can change quite a lot depending on the result. Then all of a sudden, the the, the nerves and the, the 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 amount that actual a goal means to this game and the title race becomes even greater. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see both teams a little bit more withdrawn than usual, not wanting to give too much away. Because if City go, you know, gung ho, Liverpool pick them off, and you know, we know what can happen, vice versa. So I do think it'll be a very tentative sort of chess match between Guardiola and Klopp with. Neither wanting to give too much away. And to be honest, I don't think a draw would be... I think both managers would take a draw before this match. Um, obviously, they would like to win the game. But if you if you offered them a draw, move on to the final seven matches, I think both would snap your hand off. Um, so I, I do think if it, if it comes to about the 80th minute and it is still maybe 0-0, 1-1, I think both teams might just sort of rein it in a little bit. Uh, unless there's obviously one team's got another team on the ropes and they think that there's, there's more to be had. But... I do think because these are so evenly matched on the pitch, in the dugout, on the bench, I think everything is, is very, very evenly matched across all. So uh, I'm happy to just sort of back the draw and, uh, and and just enjoy what could be a really fascinating tactical spectacle. Odds compiler and betting expert Mark Stinchcombe is with us. Stinch looked outraged at Mark O'Hare's suggestion that Everton could cause Liverpool to trip up. Uh, Stinch, uh, how do you see this clash at the Etihad shaping up? Yeah, I've not, I haven't really got a, a bold opinion on on the match odds. Quite often, seen in recent seasons, Man City have been chalked up around this even money price. Um, I'm happy to accept that. That's okay. Um, you know these these two teams are on probably on the telly the most. They're probably the most talked about. So I don't think it's any surprise that the the industry and the and the market it doesn't ha- doesn't struggle really to to price them up as, as they are. Um, fully take on board uh, a few things that Mark mentions about. There's there's not much to to split them. I just think um, Man City probably are, are a bit more uh, probably polished in uh, in control in the game and uh, and yeah that sort of home advantage factor. So yeah, I don't I don't really have a too big opinion on that. The the bet I was looking at was Kevin De Bruyne to score any time at thirteen to five. Uh, there's six uh, Man City players shorter than him in the betting, which which surprises me given the fact that De Bruyne is their joint joint top Premier League goal scorer and he's a man in red hot form with with ten goals in his last sixteen games against Premier League and Champions League opposition. Also, I noticed that he's doing most of his scoring at home this season with ten of his thirteen coming at the Etihad. He's actually scored in eight of his last ten matches at home where he's played at least an hour. So, seems to be right. Right up for it when when uh, City are at home. Um, he's averaging 3.2 shots per 90. And if I'm back in a goal score, I'm always very happy if that number is close or above three. So uh, very happy with that. And also very healthy to see that half of those are coming inside the penalty area. Obviously, we know the closer you are to the goal, the, the better chance you have of scoring. And uh, even with uh, you know Kevin De Bruyne, you've got that in the locker that he obviously can score a worldie from outside the box. And he seems to like this fixture of late as well, scored in two of the last three meetings. So yeah, given the fact there's six City players that are favoured, more likely than him to score, very happy with him at 13-5 to as a value bet. 
Worth bearing in mind that our fantastic Akers and Bet Builders offers running every day. Bet £10 on Akers or Bet Builders. Receive a £2 free bet to use on Akers or Bet Builders. T's and C's apply. There's a battle of mid table sides on Sunday as Leicester City take on Crystal Palace. Jacob was at Selhurst Park on Monday to see Palace demolish Arsenal. They were brilliant from the get go. How impressed have you been by the job that Patrick Vieira's done? Very. I don't think you'd find anyone to say uh, that they, they're not very impressed because the way in which not only has he transformed the style of football at Crystal Palace, but he's also getting results in doing so and giving them a smoother ride from a relegation standpoint uh, and an underlying numbers standpoint. I think he deserves a massive, massive pat on the back and probably a pay rise for next year um, because he's done a fantastic job. Are you Patrick job. Vieira's agent and you haven't well, told I, us about it? I can't disclose that on here. Okay, um, fine. But potentially yes um but yeah he's the, the job he's done is fantastic and and the sort of the way in which they've come out of what was seen as a slump um i think they lost three or four in a row come out of that with what is an unbeaten five match league run where they've drawn against manchester city and beaten arsenal um i think they deserve immense credit and the only the only sort of blot on the copybook if you like is they're away from home their xg numbers are really poor compared to their home numbers and if they could marry up or at least improve that away process, then we perhaps could be talking about Palace challenging for Europe next season because the home form, the home process ranks as the sixth best in the league. That crowd's um, a big factor, isn't it, at Selhurst? I think it that is, makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, and I, I, I do think so. And it's particularly when, as, as you said, you were there on Monday and they were playing such high-intensity, high-pressing football. That really does get the crowd energised and, and involved in the game. Um and, you know, away from home, that's slightly more diff- difficult. They have the opportunities to play on the counter-attack with the players that they've got. But for some reason, they're not getting the same outputs in, in terms of creating chances and they're also conceding more. But having said that, they're going to a Leicester team on Sunday who, you know, they, they appear to have arrested their slide somewhat. They've looked a little bit more solid against Manchester United. But again, we don't know what to make of Manchester United at the moment. Um, and... Is it too much of a stretch to say Leicester's focus may be on the Conference League, Europa Conference League? This game comes in between two quarter-final ties against PSV. They're a way off qualifying for Europe in the Premier League. I don't think that's going to happen. So winning that Conference League could be the only option or the only way route back into European football next season. So is it a stretch to say that they may put their eggs into the Conference League basket? Well, rest and fair. rotate yeah, um, yeah. For, for ahead of this weekend and perhaps you know they're, they're as we saw maybe with a couple of other Premier League teams particularly Chelsea uh, against Brentford they may just sort of take the foot off the gas and sort of coast through a couple of matches from now to the end of the season that's not the ideal sort of situation if you're playing against Crystal Palace who will be on it I don't think Vieira will let them rest and sort of do what Palace have done for the last three or four years which is throw the towel in with six or seven games to go and lose all of them I don't think that's going to happen um, and then you factor in that even with a full complement Leicester have allowed 1.9 expected goals for against uh, expected goals against at home this season kind of shows that they just tragic defensively and, and I don't think there's any reason to think Crystal Palace can't go to Leicester and create chance and score goals um, and I'm, I'm happy to get them on side in whichever way I can in this match and um, I'm surprised to see Crystal Palace plus a quarter on the Asian handicap which is around 1.9 so if Crystal Palace win the game we get a nice winner Crystal Palace uh, if the game ends in a draw we get a, a half win uh, and the only way this loses is if Leicester go and win which I do think is unlikely given the fact that 
of everything discussed, how good Palace have been in general, defensive issues for Leicester and the fact that their minds may be elsewhere coming into this match. Stinch, it's an interesting one with Leicester, isn't it? Because they have been a bit better recently and a bit more solid with some of those key defenders returning from injury. But those bad habits are still there, aren't they? Yeah, and I think there's nothing um, untoward to say that they will focus on this second leg against uh, PSV. I don't think there's any any issue with, with, with saying that. And uh, just touching a couple of points that Jake mentioned, um, yeah, Patrick Vieira has done a, done a great job. And I think um, arguably, rather than saying, you know, got them safe from relegation, should be going, wow, has got them in an FA Cup semi-final, which yeah. is arguably very, very winnable um, against Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea are at 1.5 at the moment. You wouldn't be back in Chelsea 1.5 on neutral ground. In, F, in, a, in an FA Cup semi-final at the moment. So you can get Palace actually 3-1 to one to qualify, which might, if Chelsea can continue their malaise, that, that Palace price might not be around. But yeah, I don't think there's any any doubt that they're going to suddenly uh, rest up now that they're safe. I think they will conti- try and continue the momentum that they, they've generated. I mean, those two uh, last games at home, um, they beat Arsenal 3-0 and Everton 4-0. They've been absolutely fantastic. Just feels like it's going to be more, more of the same, to be honest. Um, so, but the bet I'm looking at here is the goal market um, just because of the fact that it's a game involving Leicester and over two and a half goals is chalked up as the outsider so you get over two and a half goals at 10 to 11 and yeah I just think with any Leicester game um, that that shouldn't be the case really Um, 29 of Leicester's last 43 have gone over 2.5 goals so you're looking at a strike rate there of 67% and you know we're talking about odds that are nearly 50% Um, Leicester just seven clean sheets in those 43 games and they, you know, we know about them defensively, but to have conceded two or more goals in in, uh, in 15 of the last 24 matches, it's not as if they're, you know, you could kind of say, oh, you know, Leicester are, have kept X amount of clean sheets in, in, you know, those games and, you know, they're not keeping many clean sheets. We're not saying that, we're saying they're conceding at least two goals. So it's not just the one goal. So we can see, certainly see where the problem's coming. Um, it's 145 goals during that run that I mentioned. So that's 3.37 goals per game. Yeah, the goal expectancy here is 2.6. Uh, I think that's a million miles away. So plenty of scope for for, for getting involved here. Um, Leicester's games uh, in terms of expected goals uh, are at this season are averaging 3.33. So again, very close to that that figure. So you kind of thinking, well, it's Palace that are dragging dragging this down, but Palace's matches are above the the average that the, the goal uh, expectancy here in this game is. Palace's are averaging 2.71. Um, the expected goals is 2.65. Um, so, but it kind of feels though Palace's like um, average is, is dragging dragging the odds down. But seeing as Leicester are favourites, that shouldn't really be how it works. Um, and if anything, I kind of feel as though Jake's right. You know that. Leicester shouldn't be as strong of favourites as they are so if anything that increases the chances of Palace scoring more goals so if anything that should move the the goal expectancy higher so yeah fully fully in agreement that you know trying to side with Palace or side with goals is the way to go I mean I remember a few seasons ago Palace rocking up and winning 4-1 and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them score at least twice or something here um, Palace have themselves only kept three clean sheets in 14 away games so I think we've got two defences that can easily be got at even if it, even if Leicester do rotate as we expect I still think they've got so many decent options in in there in going forward um, you know Ian Acho, Daka, Madison, Tielemans, Perez all Matt, James Madison have been in fantastic form for a while now uh, and the reverse fixture finished 2-2 so yeah just just like the look of goals really 
Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet, so Betfair is now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds over-under and gold markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's penalty. More Premier League to come, but first a French fancy with Mark O'Hare. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Strasbourg against Lyon on Sunday, and I think this is a, a great example of where a team can be slightly overrated due to the the name and the stature of the club, and, that, and that's Lyon, because we've got fourth against ninth, and there is only six points between the two teams, but Strasbourg are the team in fourth, and Lyon are the team in ninth, and Lyon are rated as a stronger team. Um, I know their data has largely been quite good and creditable so far this season, but anyone who's watched them with their eyes and realises who's in charge, Peter Bosch, knows that they just cannot be trusted at all, uh, particularly away from home. Uh, they have flickered between the wonderful and sublime to just truly horrendous at times. And that is always the issue when you sort of get involved in the Leon game. That's the Peter Boss way. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Hugely inconsistent. Um, so you've got to try and pick your battles a bit. But I think this is a, a perfect example or, or opportunity, I should say, to, to try and get against them. Because we've talked about a few teams over Saturday and Sunday's pod who have got important European commitments. Um in, in midweek and again next midweek and Lyon are certainly in that category as well they're playing a Europa League quarterfinal tie with West Ham uh, qualification via Ligue 1 looks well and truly beyond them really uh, so the Europa League becomes ultra important uh, and that means there might be rotation uh, there might be weary legs there might be an opportunity uh, to sort of prioritise next weekend's match in France so yeah either way Lyon are boasting the, the worst defence in the top half unsurprisingly for a Peter Bosch team but away from home they've won just four times in Ligue 1 and they've lost four of seven away trips to the top half winning just once and this isn't just purely down to, to Leon being you know untouchable and, and untrustworthy it's also down to Strasbourg being fantastic um, they're on a, a fantastic run of results under Julien Stefan um, going back 28 games now they've lost just five league games in that spell two defeats in 19 Nine wins from 15 at their home base at the the Manure. Uh, they scored in 25 of 30. They've kept nine clean sheets in the last 14. And what I really love about Strasbourg, they made a really fantastic capture last summer when they signed Kevin Gamero, a player far too good for that standard of league. 1. Um, I know he's not always been so clinical in forward areas, but he definitely is far and above and away the standard that Strasbourg would normally expect to have. But they've still got Wajid Maurice and, and Ludovic Kajork as well. So a lovely sort of uh, a balance between players and forward areas who can do a little bit of everything. There's a, a lovely skill set between them and just love Strasbourg, actually. They're, they're a fantastic club, a beautiful city and uh, a friendly club too. So just happy to see them going well and hope they can try and uh, see out the season in style. And I'm backing them plus zero on the Asian handicap at 1.85, which is the same as the draw no bet. Uh, they're at home against Leon, who in theory should have eyes elsewhere. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great bet for a team bang in form. West London meets East London as Brentford face West Ham. Jake, we don't know at time of recording how West Ham will have got on against Leon, but either way, you'd have th thought it would drain them physically. Brentford on a high after smashing Chelsea. They are, yeah, and I think the first thing to sort of reinforce is that Brentford deservedly smashed Chelsea. Uh, it was no fluke. They created two and a half expected goals at Stamford Bridge, which is something that not many teams have done uh, to a Thomas Tuchel Chelsea team. Uh, and, you know, they've won three of the last uh, four matches now. They're in really good good form. They're moving away from relegation battle, probably playing with a, a bit of freedom now, actually, which makes them even more dangerous. But at the same time, you've got an, a West Ham team who perhaps... You know, they, they they definitely still have slim hopes of finishing in the top four. Um, they're only three points behind Tottenham, and they played a game more. 
but at the very least, they'll want to be looking to finish in the in the top six. I know they've still got the Europa League route to potentially go down, but if you're looking at it realistically, I know how good West Ham have been, credit where the credit's due, but if they get past this tie with Leon, which we think they will, then you know the prospect of potentially facing Barcelona could be the end of the road for them because the way in which Barcelona have been playing under Xavi is um you know that 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 would be a, a step too far for me uh, in my opinion so i do think that while Leicester are all eggs in the conference league basket west ham will probably be eggs in both baskets just just for a, a bit of extra security because at the end of the day if they can qualify for the europa league again this season via the league route that would be a massive, massive success given the improvement of Arsenal and Spurs um, from year on year. So if they could still finish in that top six, um, even with those two teams improving, that would be fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm expecting... I, I don't think David Moyes really has the squad to rotate anyway, not for um, a full 11. So even if he does want to rest players for that second leg um, in Lyon, I do think that the majority of the team is going to put out is very strong. Um, and the way in which they sort of play and have been playing all season long has been very attack-minded, um, creating plenty of chances, but also leaving themselves a little bit exposed. And Brentford the same, particularly when playing at home. So I was just looking at both teams to score and very surprised to see uh, around 1.9 on the Betfair exchange. Uh, I thought it'd be a little bit close to 1.8. Um, Brentford at home this season, I, I've spoken about it many times, their XG process is fantastic. They average 1.6 expected goals for and 1.1 expected goals against per game. So very much, what it, I think it's the seventh best home process in the entire Premier League. Uh, which just sort of puts into context how strong that they are. Uh, they've already caused massive issues for Liverpool, obviously. Um, they pushed Manchester City close. Um, they were really unfortunate to lose to Chelsea. So against the better teams, they still play at a very high level, obviously beat Arsenal as well. Um, and West Ham away from home, the results have flattered them somewhat, but their underlying process just highlights uh, how good they are going forward, averaging 1.4 expected goals for per game. But again, that defensive vulnerability, which they can't shirk away from home, they're allowing 1.7 expected goals against per game. So all in all, I'm expecting chances at both ends in this match. Um, and yeah, the, the, the both teams to score in Brentford matches has clicked in 55% uh, of league games. For West Ham, it's 65%. So these two teams aren't, um, you know, they don't shy away from goals at both ends, chances at both ends. And I just thought 1.9 was too big to turn down. Sounds like a potential cracker. The football-only better laws, by the way, handed down from generation to generation, written on stone tablets, state that we have to have a Serie A bet. And we have to mention Sassuolo. Mark, what have you got for us? <laughs> yeah, it's probably getting a bit dull now for, for listeners. And it's no, keep winning. It's fine. Don't yeah, worry. exactly. Well, just keep uh, rinse and repeat if, if it keeps working for you. So um, I'm going in again. Uh, Sassuolo take on Atalanta, our, our old favourites, our old love uh, this weekend. And uh, yeah, same selection as last weekend of over two and a half goals. Both teams to score and a goal in both halves. It is 1.9 and uh, that does appeal. Uh, now Sassuolo needed uh, stoppage time to steal the bet last weekend against Lazio, but they had loads of opportunities before that. So uh, I'm not sort of reading too much into that. Um, 3.45 goals per game now 
on average this season in their matches. Uh, updated stats, both teams have scored in 25 of those 31. They scored themselves in 27 and kept just the four clean sheets. Um, Domenico Berardi was missing through injury, which was unexpected. Um, but they're hoping to have him back. That's uh, one to sort of monitor between now and the weekend. But uh, 13 of their 14 matches against the top half in Serie A this season have seen both teams scoring and over two and a half goals click. Uh, as I said last week, they relish the big matches against the big teams. And there's an opportunity for them, for them to do some damage here because Atalanta beaten at home by Napoli last weekend. You could say it probably does end their top four hopes, but they've still got designs on that spot because they've got a game in hand to come still. Um, but look, they're nothing like their old team. And uh, I, I like to think football can be quite cyclical and, and, and Atalanta are going through that phase at the minute, I think, with injuries and player sales really disrupting their campaign. This weekend, it looks like Jim City and, and, and Mailer are going to be missing. Darun is suspended as well. So defensively weakened, uh, but I expect, you know, Malinovsky, Muriel, Pasalic, Zapata's back in the squad now as well after injury. So going forward, they shouldn't have too many issues uh, getting in behind and, and scoring a couple of goals themselves. So the goal expectancy for this game is 3.2. The goal line is set at three, but that favours the overs as well. So, you know, backing over three goals, you need four goals or more just to get a payout. So this looks a, a much better way in. And uh, as I said last week, if you're backing uh, a goal in both halves, you're basically just asking for one of the halves not to be 3-0 or 3-1, basically. So uh, it feels like it's uh, achievable. and it's a, it's a nice little boost on the over two and a half goals and, and both teams to score staple. Bets are never boring if they win. Now, that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Every Premier League game gets its own dedicated preview on betting.betfair.com. Loads of good racing content, golf content as well. Of course, the US Masters uh, worth keeping an eye on. Loads of good previews of all the action there. So, from Jake, from Mark, from Stitch and from me, it's goodbye, Fenwick.